We're so glad you're here today. I want you to take your Bibles and turn with me to Ecclesiastes 10.10. Dan read the scripture this morning, and we're going to kind of camp on that today. Um, I was meditating, and this phrase kept coming to me, lions roar and eagles soar. I'm thinking, you know, is, uh, is, is there something kind of spiritual connection to this, O oh Lord? And I think so, you know, and I'm thinking about our church. And I, I thought about, you know, lions roar. Uh, one of the most fearful sounds in the wild, especially in the Africa, is when a lion roars. I mean, uh, animals begin to dis- uh, they, they, they tense. Uh, they, some of them begin to automatically run just when they hear the roar uh, of that big male lion, you know, lions roar. You, you know, the old lions are used in battle. Uh, they can't run like the younger lions. As a matter of fact, they, they, they're, uh, they, they've lost a lot of strength, and there's things that they do not have. But one thing they have that puts a chill down the spine of everything around it is that roar. So they'll put that lion up at the head, and then they come down to the very end, and, and then the lion roars, and, and it puts panic into the, 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 you know, whatever prey that's there. And it runs right into the mouths of those young lions that are waiting down there. So everybody plays a part. And then, uh, secondly, eagles soar. And eagles are known to get high above the fray. In other words, there might be a, a tornado, whatever it is. The eagle just gets above it, gets above that, gets above anything and as I thought about that, I thought at OBC, you know, our older saints, they have that, that roar. And uh, what is that roar? What is that roar? And I'm, I'm trying to put a, a spiritual connection to that. And I'm thinking about the wisdom that, you know, uh, the older saints have and the knowledge, you know. And it's something that, how many of you know, uh, we've been around the block a few times. Somebody say, man, we understand. You know, we got wisdom. In it, and it's so important in the battles of life. And then I think about the young lions and, or the young, uh, the young saints like the young lions. Uh, you know, that eagle just spreads its, its, and soars high above that. The skill in the Bible, a skill in the battle. And in the Bible, the, you know, it says that in the last days, old men will what? Dream dreams, young men of what? See visions. And, and God is going to use all of us in the battles of life. I believe we all play a part. I believe we all bring something to the table. And if we could just be sensitive to God and, you know, you know want to put a thousand to flight, two will put 10,000 to flight. Do the math on that. It doesn't take much to, you've got a million put the flight around you. So we working together as a team. And with that in mind, how many of you feel like doing life sometimes just saps our daily strength? Would you say amen to that? Just doing life. I mean, everyday life, the things that we have to deal with. Our strength is just sapped sometimes. And I looked at this scripture, and it just kind of came alive to me. And I want you to look at it. I think we have it on the screen there. I want you to look at it real good. It says, if the axe is dull. How many of you have ever had a dull knife or or axe or whatever you're using, or some of you that, that uh, like Mike and others that, that work in carpentry, you know, if, you're, if the saw is, is, is dull, you know, it takes a lot more work to get through whatever you're cutting through. You know, if that, uh, you know, object is dull, if your knife is dull, if your axe is dull. So notice that if the axe is dull and its edge unsharpened, more strength is needed, but skill. Everybody say skill. But skill will bring success. 
And I, I begin to meditate on that this week and thinking about how relevant that can be to us in this coming year as we set pace in 2016, what God wants to do in your life and in my life. And, and you know, how many has ever heard the phrase, work smarter, not harder? And I believe God wants us to do that in the areas of the spiritual things of life. You know, if we would just be smarter about how we, you know, and know our enemy, know our adversary, come on somebody, and know how to defeat him, come on somebody, know what the word of God says, we're going to be much better in this 2016. Now, there's many books in print that will tell you that all you need for success is desire and determination. That's all you need, desire and determination. But I think there's a little more than that, just desire and determination. I think if we have our skills sharpened, I, I, I want, how many of you have ever tried to write something with a pencil and it wasn't, it wasn't sharpened? How many of you know it just doesn't write good? But you sharpen it up and boy, that pencil just, you can just write, you know, real good. And the same way that as we do life. I want you to know something. God is speaking to OBC right now. I believe each and every one of you that, that in this coming year, God's going to teach us ways as a church, as a body individually, how we can be sharp, how we can, you know, it's more than just desire and determination that's going to win our battles. I know a lot of people in life, they're working harder than me, uh, but it's not about working hard. It's about working smart. And I want to work smart. I want to be smart. I want to use the wisdom that God has given me. I want to use, and one of the things that I teach my family is wisdom. There's so much about wisdom. I, I see people that don't use wisdom in things they do, and then sometimes they have to do it over. Can I get a witness? But when you're using wisdom, it's altogether different. So, and it says, if the, if your uh, sharp, if you sharpen your ax, then it won't take as much effort to succeed in life. Now you say, okay, pastor, I, I heard all that. What does that mean to us? How's that applicable to us? What, how, what does that mean to us? Okay. Anytime that you come to church, folks, you're sharpening your ax. Somebody say, man. You're sharpening your skills, you know. And the Bible says, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is. Now, that's scripture. Now, that, you know, that's a commandment. You know, uh, you, you know, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together. You know, what happens when you come to church? You're sharpening your axe because you're getting taught something. You're in, in the midst, and not only just from the pulpit here, but from individuals. You know, and some of you that succeed in life because of your Bible study or your small group or you're taking a course or taking a class. You're not wasting your time. God is, is speaking to you. You are getting that wisdom. You're beginning to sharpen your skills in a way that you're going to be successful. And let me just say this. It's not a matter of... Uh, of, of if the enemy is going to come against you this year. It's not a matter of if you're going to have a problem this, this year. It's when you're going to have it and what you're going to do about it. Because, folks, you're going to be tempted. I'm telling you, everybody here is going to be tempted this year. Everybody here is going to have a battle this year that you're going to have to fight. So what do you need to do? Start sharpening your skills. Be ready for the battle. Oh, my. And when the battle comes, you're ready for the battle. You're ready to take it on. Why? Because your skills are sharpened. And, and, and it will bring success in your life. Now, now, how many of you have been around a negative person in, in, in your life? Oh, yeah, everybody, at least one time. How many of you would agree that a negative person can dull your edge real quickly? I mean, you can feel like taking on the world. You get around some negative person, and it's like, it's like everything in you just, is just left. Oh, my. When Moses was going across the desert, 
the people were saying, you're going to die in this desert. Now, God called Moses to take the people out of Egypt, and they had to go through the desert to get to their destination, to the promised land. But, you know, going through that situation, and again, you're going to go through situations this year as well. Along the way, people were saying, you're going to die in the desert. There wasn't enough graves over in Egypt, and where they just brought us out here to die. That's what people were saying. And that negative mouth, that, that negative mouth was just running. Uh, and, and, and you're not going to get it to the promised land. But, you know, God said they were going, and Moses was the man. They should have listened to that. So when people said that, we, you know, uh, that we, I remember when people said that, you know, we're going to the moon, people would say, oh, you, they'll never go to the moon. I had a guy, uh, seriously, seriously, I had a guy that I worked with in the shop. He told me, he said, you know what, they filmed that on the, in the desert somewhere. They really didn't go to the moon. I said, you're kidding me. You believe that? You know, and, and this is the way some people's mind works. Fortunately, we got a story in the Bible that tells us and teaches us about this skill thing that we're talking about this morning. And it's the story of David and Goliath, the little shepherd boy that fights the, the big giant. But before, long before David faced Goliath, he faced four other giants that he took out. And we want to talk about them this morning. And what is the main thing that dulls our spiritual strength is, I believe, negative people in our lives. You can feel like you can do anything that someone starts saying something to you. And, you know, uh, you know, sticks and stones will break our bones, but words will never hurt us. That's a lie of the devil because words do hurt you. Somebody say amen. Words that hurt all of us. All of us have been hurt by somebody's negative words. Can I get a witness? So four negativities that David faced before Goliath. Number one, write this down. Write this down. His dad held him back. Put that on the screen. His dad held him back. And here's the scripture in your notes. It says, now David was the youngest of Jesse's eight sons. His three older brothers enlisted in Saul's army. Notice this. But David was held back to care for the sheep in Bethlehem. Notice the phrase, but David was held back to care for the sheep in Bethlehem. So the very first negative person that David had to deal with in his life was his own family member and especially his dad. It was his dad that he had to deal with. Have you ever been held back by anyone? And I would say, of course, all of us have been held back by somebody because, you know, this is the first barrier uh, to your dream when somebody holds you back and, and it's called a delay. You know, you have a dream. You, ha you feel like you're going to accomplish something. You're going to do something. And then somebody says something or does something and it's a delay. It holds you back. So in David's case, it was his dad. Some of you have been held back because of your age. Some of you have been held back because of your gender. Maybe you're a woman. Maybe you're a teenager, whatever it may be. And you've been held back. And somebody said something and you haven't went forward. Some of you have been held back because of your race or your skin color. Some of you have been held back because of your education. See, there's a lot of things that can hold us back. Let me tell you something. You know what's in your heart and you know what you and God can do. Come on, somebody. And if you just listen to God instead of listening to the negative person, you can do what God wants you to do. The fact is everybody that's sitting in this room has been held back by somebody. If you believe that, say amen. amen. You're not the guy. You're not the gal. You're not the right person. You're not good enough. You don't look good enough. You've been held back because of your appearance or whatever it may be. See, there's many things that has held us back in life. The first barrier in your uh, success plan 
And I want you to write this down. It's delay. Just write that down. It's delay. So, you know, you will be delayed along the way because somebody somewhere along the way is going to say something or do something that's going to put a delay in your life. And it's going to be delayed because of that. Because God gives you a dream. Never, never, never happens instantly. It just doesn't happen instantly. I, you know, maybe one out of a hundred cases it does. But 99% of the time it doesn't happen instantly. God gives you a dream. He says, uh, here's what I'm going to do in your life. And then there's that time lapse. Then there's that waiting period. You know, one of the things I like to do is wait. Come on, somebody. How many of you love to go to a doctor's office and wait in the waiting room? And then magazines that are a year old. Come on, somebody. <laughs> David's dad didn't think he was old enough. David's dad didn't think he was experienced enough. You can't go to battle. You need to stay back and take care of the sheep because your older brothers are the ones that can uh, do some good down there. You, you're not going to do any good down there. So he was held back. It was a delay. And the second negative act actually was the society around him or the culture around him or the conventional wisdom and the popular opinion. How many of you know we have popular opinion today and sometimes it's not good? Somebody say amen. Number two, write it down. Everyone else was afraid. Put it, right, put it on the board. Everyone else was afraid. For 40 days, twice a day, morning and evening, the Philistine giant, Goliath, loudly, you know, came out against the Israeli army. Everyone else was afraid. And that fear held David back. Everybody else was afraid of this guy, Goliath. Goliath was unstoppable. Okay, Goliath was undefeatable. And he created a climate of fear. Folks, I'll tell you what, you can, you, you can just feel great and get around some people and it just saps everything in you. Come on, somebody. You can have a lot of faith. You get around someone that's fearful and you, let me tell you something, you can go over to their side real easy if you don't, it, it, unless you're prayed up. Somebody say amen. It's easy to go on that side of everybody being fearful. This guy cannot be taken down. This guy's too big. So everybody in the nation, folks, everybody that was in that army, their knees were trembling as they seen this big guy. And I've done some study on this. He's, he was anywhere from 9 foot 6 to 12 foot something. In other words, depending on how you would look at the linear of what they used and the measurements that they used. But I'll tell you what, I would hate to face, uh, face even a 9 foot 6 guy. Somebody say amen. That's a big dude. And, you know, he's a big shoulder. He was a giant. He was, you know, he was a giant of a man. Folks, there will always be a Goliath. But let me tell you something. There will always be a David to st step up and take him out. Somebody say amen. God always has a David to take out the Goliaths in life. Now, in 2015, how many of you would agree that there was a lot of fear that we uh, felt through the television as we watched uh, CNN or Fox News? Come on, somebody. As you would watch it, you'd say, oh, my goodness, this is terrible, you know. And you'd ISIS cutting people's heads off and all, all of these things that are terrorist attacks in, in different places. So it was hard to be positive when you hear all this fear stuff, especially 24-7. Can I get a witness? It's just hard to be, you know, that way. Look at verse 8 through 11 in your notes there. It says, each day, everybody say each day. Each day, just like we are watching Fox News or, or, or CNN, whatever it is you watch, you know, you're sitting there watching it and you think, my goodness, this is bad. This is bad. Each day, Goliath, notice this, would stand out and shout at the ranks of the Israeli army 
Why do you come out here and line up for battle? Here's what Goliath was saying. Choose one man to fight against me, and if he's able to kill me, we will become your subject, but if I will kill him, you'll, be, you'll begin to serve us. What voices are you listening to today, okay? What voices are you listening to today? You need to be listening to the voice of God. Somebody say amen to that. We need to listen to the voice of God and not all these other voices. There's a lot of voices in the world today. And we need to be listening to the, to the voice of God. If you listen to the negative statements around you, folks, what happens is it paralyzes you. And in your, in your quest to go forward and do anything for God, it wants to push you back. See, fear wants to push you back. Let me tell you something. Faith will make you go forward. Somebody say amen. Faith will make you go forward. So you see David... Now, notice this. David hadn't been on the front line listening to this negativity, okay? David, you know, day after day after day, you know, he wasn't affected by all this fear thing coming out. See, David, you know, was a guy that, you know, he's working with his sheep, and he's back there. He had plenty of time to read his Bible. Somebody say amen. He had plenty of time to pray and seek God. And, and, and see, he was not listening to all this stuff. And let me just say this. Folks, I'll tell you, and I'm, saying, I'm preaching to you and I'm preaching right back at me this morning. And many times we're listening to the news. And, we, you know, and what we really need to be doing is reading more of the Bible we listen to the news. Three people said amen. Ooh. You see, David has faith and says, I will take this guy home. God is with me. God was with me when I was back here taking care of these sheep. God is with me when I was taking care of the sheep. And, you know, here come a lion. And the lion, you know, folks, I'll tell you what, I don't know about you, but I wouldn't want to take on a lion. I mean, when the lion roars, Randy runs. Come on, somebody. I'm out of here. You know, I'm out of here. I've watched some of these shows where these guys with these high-powered rifles shooting these lions, and they keep still coming in on them. I mean, you know, if you don't hit them in the right place, you're gone because it's going to take you out. They may die from the bullet or something. It's going to take you out. That's a, they're fierce. And, you know, every day he's listening to this, he, you know, listening to this, listening to this, listening to Goliath. But, oh, the people were. But David back here on the backside of the desert, he's back here, and he's, he's, he's spending time with God. The lion comes out. He takes the lion out. Now, how many of you know he has, it wasn't one of these kind of slingshots, okay? But it's one of those slingshots that you put something in and you wind it up and then you, you let it go. I don't know if you've seen that, but they can be powerful. And when the lion come, he did, whoo, and he was good. He was very skillful. He was skillful. Had a lot of skill in that. He took the lion out. Well, then a bear came. He did the same thing with the bear. So he's thinking in his mind, I took the lion out, I took the bear out, I could take the big guy out too. You see, some people, Goliath was too big. But for David, you know, he's too big to miss. Come on, somebody. It's like, I got to hit him somewhere. He's just too big. I'm going to hit him. And I'll tell you what, that lion couldn't handle that rock. That bear couldn't handle that rock. This giant's not going to handle the rock. Let me tell you something, Jesus is the rock. Come on, somebody. Oh, there's some parallel there if you want to, a little spiritualizing there, okay? So when the army heard Goliath, they all ran in terror, but not David. Instead of going backwards, he went forward to listen to this guy. And he's looking around, and he's looking at his brothers. He's looking at the army, 
And he's saying, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Now, that, that was a sign of the covenant that they had with God. He didn't have a covenant with God. I got a covenant with God. God's on my side. Who's on your side? God, if God be with me, who can be against me? So he's thinking, who is this guy? Who, why, why are we so afraid? I'll take him on. I'll take him on. I'll take him on. Here's the point. Don't hang around negative people. Folks, if there's people in your life that are negative you need to sometimes just excuse yourself from them. If, if you believe that, somebody say amen. amen. Just distance yourself from them because they're holding you back. Everybody say holding you back. Amen. They're holding you back through discouragement and delay. Number three, write this down. His brothers question his motives. Now, folks, this will happen in life the people don't understand you. They don't understand where you're coming from. They don't understand what's in your heart. They don't understand God. So they're surely not going to understand you. Look at the scripture in your notes, 1 Samuel 17, 29. It says, why aren't you taking care of your scrawny little flock of sheep? This is what the first thing that David heard from his brothers. It, it wasn't, well, thank you for bringing down the bread and the cheese. You know, Oh, my, that Kobe cheese was so good today. Thank you for that. Oh, I love Kobe cheese. How many of you love Kobe cheese? Yeah. Some cheese and bread, you know, got to strengthen them up there a little bit. They could have said, well, thank you, David. That was good of you to come all this way. But the first thing is, why aren't you taking care of those scrawny little flock of sheep? You know, you little brat, I know how conceited you are. But what have I done, said David? Can I even ask a question? How many of you have ever just asked somebody a question and they've got upset with you? Well, that's a good sign right there that you may be around some negative people. You can't answer a question. I just asked a question. And that was a hindrance for David. Have you ever felt that way around someone? And there are going to be people who will question your motives. And when you share a dream, just like with, you know, all through the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, people begin to share their dream. Joseph, when he shared his dream, his brothers throw him in prison for it. I mean, it sold him into slavery, I should say, and then he was put in prison. But anyway, it cost him something. So when you share your dream, they just think you're on an ego trip. And when you, when you share a big goal, they just think you're, you know, you don't know what you're talking about. But in reality, you know that you're trusting God and you're hearing from God. So there is the barrier of disapproval. There is the barrier of delay. There is the barrier of discouragement. And there is the barrier of, uh, barrier of disapprovement. So this is one that hurts the most because we all want to be liked by somebody. Can you say amen to that? So when this disapproval comes, this is disapproval of him. You know, when, when someone says, how many of you would agree that we all like to be liked? But folks, I'm going to put it this way. Not everybody's going to like you. You need to just write that down. Not everybody's going to like you. You say, well, I can smile. They'll like me. They may not like your smile. I know people say, what are you smiling about? I've had a bad day. What are you smiling about? Whoa. Sorry. <laughs> Here's the point. If you only attempt in life what you can do in your own power, you're going to have a puny little life because you're not going to accomplish much. 
But if you let the size of your God determine the size of your goal, then you're going to have a big God and a big goal. Somebody say amen. amen. See, I'm not doing this within myself. You know, I, I know a lot of pastors after a few years have just left the ministry. You know, because there were some pressures and things or whatever it may be. Folks, I'm just being honest with you today. And it's, you know, it's staggering. I don't even want to say the stats to you because it's so staggering that, you know, pastors just leave the ministry. You know what? Let me tell you something. If you're called by God, God will make a way where there seems to be no way. I put God to the test. Come on, somebody. Either he says he'll do what he, you know, God's either a liar or he tells the truth. I'm going to put him to the test. Come on, somebody. And you know what? He likes that. He loves faith. When you stand out in faith and you do something in faith, God says, yes, that's my man. That's my woman down there. Yes, 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 yes. But the people on the outside, they may say, you're on an ego trip or you're arrogant. They may say that. When God gives you a dream, it's really from God that other people maybe attempted and maybe they failed at that same thing. They will misjudge you. Okay, because you should have failed too. Come on, somebody. You know, and that's just the way people are. That's the way the nature of people. And by the way, when David asked the question, what's the reward for killing Goliath? <laughs> you know, he's thinking, hey, do I get anything out of this? He already knew what he was going to do. He already knew the giant was going to fall. He wanted to know if there's any, any reward for this. Get anything out of this? How many of you like rewards? You know, you go to work. How many of you like that reward on Friday when you get that paycheck? How many of you like raises? Not bad either, huh? I mean, it's like, yeah. I mean, when you do something good, you're expecting that. Well, there was three rewards. Let's talk about them for a moment. Uh, number one, you would be given a certain amount of wealth. Well, if you could take him out, here's a check for you. Oh, I like, how many of you like checks? Let me see your hands, like checks. Yeah. In other words, a whole year of eating out free. Somebody say amen, that's good, I like that. Put me down for that one. Number two, you would be given the king's daughter. Oh, David wasn't married. It's like, oh, really? That fox, I get that fox too? Ooh, yeah, not bad, I get the girl. Oh yeah, I'll take the girl too. Anything else? <laughs> Yeah, you'll be exempt from taxes all your life. I think I want in on that one. Amen. Exempt from taxes? Don't have to pay more taxes? I'm a tax-free man. You're a tax-free man. You can do it. I think I'd go after Goliath. But there was this brother who said, you're doing this for ego. You're a little runt. You're on an ego trip. And you see, people are going to be negative toward you when you know God's plan for your life, when you're all prayed up and you're knowing that, you're going to have this. Number four, write this down. The experts doubted his ability. Let me look at the scripture in your notes there, 1 Samuel 17, 32, 33. Don't worry about a thing, David told the king. I'll fight the Philistine. I'll fight this Philistine. Ridiculous, Saul replied. There's no way you could go against this Philistine. You're only a boy. And he's been a professional warrior all 
his life. In your life, in your life here, there'll be experts who will doubt your ability. Quote, unquote, experts. Well, I tell you what, in our country today, we got a lot of experts that's got us in trouble. I, I'm seriously. And, and I don't want to throw a lot of negative things at you. How, how many of you know what a, a billion is? You know what a billion is? You don't know? It's a thousand million. Is that right? It's a billion. That's a lot of money. A, thou a thousand people could be a millionaire with a billion dollars. Yeah, that's a lot of money. You know what a trillion is? A trillion is a million million. A million people having a million. That's a trillion. Now, my understanding, and I may be, I'm not be 100% right, I, I think I am, but it, it's something like 1.4 something trillion dollars is the whole United States brings in the money a year. Do you know how much debt we're in right now? Over $18 trillion. And the experts have done that. <clears throat> well, I, let me get off of that. You know. <laughs> have you ever been told you couldn't do something? Have you, have you ever been told you couldn't do something and you know you could? How many of you know that kind of hurts? Well, you can't do that. What? You know you can do it. Somebody else is telling you you can't do that. You see, David never served in the war. He had no military experience. He wasn't a ranger. He wasn't a Navy SEAL. He wasn't the Delta Force. He wasn't the special ops. He had no training at all as a professional warrior. So when King Saul hears about David volunteering, this little shepherd boy volunteered to take care of this giant and everybody else had been afraid to take him on, Saul kind of calls him into his office. Now look at verse 32 in your notes. So David says to Saul, don't worry. First thing David said, don't worry about it. I'll take care of it. Don't worry about a thing, David told the king. I'll fight the Philistine. Don't be ridiculous, Saul replied. There's no way you, a shepherd boy, can go against the Philistine, this giant. You're only a boy, and he's a professional warrior all of his life. I want you to underline the word there, professional. He's saying, leave this matter to the experts. David, you're inexperienced. You should leave this to the pros. <laughs> In life, there will always be people who will say to you, you're no pro. You can't do this. Why are you trying to build this ministry? Why are you doing this hobby? Why are you doing this? You know, leave this thing to the pros. Why are you trying to do thus and so? Leave it to the pros. Many times the experts of the majority are wrong. And many times what we need to do as Christians, we need to follow our hearts. If you believe that, say amen. I want to remind you that Noah and the ark that saved the world was built by amateurs and the professionals built the Titanic. And the Titanic will not sink. But it sunk. And Noah's Ark just floated along. 
You see, I tell you what, what we need to be doing as a country, as a nation, as individuals, we need to be on our knees seeking God. Let me tell you something, our help comes from the Lord. David said, I sought the Lord, and he heard me. See, David was one that sought God. He trusted God. He didn't look to the things of this earth, but he looked to God. Folks, I tell you, your help comes from the Lord. 1 Samuel 17, 17. Let me show you a verse. Let me show you a verse. Do I have that on the screen? Yeah. Don't worry about a thing, David told the king. I'll fight the Philistine. Don't be ridiculous, Saul replied. There's no way that you can go against the Philistine. You're only a boy, and he's a professional warrior all his life. Now look at 1 Samuel 17. David's father said to David, Take this bread to your brothers on the front line and this cheese to their commanders. Oh, commander's got the cheese. The other guy's got the bread. I think I want to be a commander. I would have signed up for that. Come on, somebody. What are you saying, Pastor? This is how he ended up going to the battle. There's, there's a point here I want to bring out. Seeing Goliath and all these guys and the fear and all these things, the reason he was there is he was on an errand. He was an errand boy for his dad to take the bread and the cheese down to the army. And the army got the bread, the commanders got the cheese, and this David was the one that supplied it. Here's the moral of the story here. Before you get to fighting Goliath, you may have to serve cheese and crackers to somebody. You know, when my wife and I started out in ministry, and people ask that all the time, you know, how'd you guys get started and stuff like that? You know what? I, I didn't start out as a minister or anything like that. I, you know, I, I started out, I just wanted to be a volunteer in the church. And, and I saw needs, and I started responding to needs. They needed somebody to clean the church. I started cleaning the church. They need somebody to drive a bus. I can drive a bus. I'll take that out. I saw the pastor's wife driving the bus. I said, you shouldn't be doing that. I'll do that for you. In other words, God, and you know what? Let me tell you something. You show yourself faithful, and God's going to take notice of you. God's going to take notice of you. Let me tell you something. There's a lot of people, you know, it's kind of like they're just, you know, they, they think that, that, that they're God's gift to the world and they're just waiting for God to use them. And God's saying, what you need to do is put your gifts to use and I'll use you along the way. And you're going to go from here like this. You're going to go to steps like this. So I, what I say to you this morning, I say you need to just start wherever God has you. You need to just plant yourself right there and be used of God. And God will exalt you in due season. That's how it works. God looks for people who are willing to do the little things before he, before he gives them the big things. If you believe that, say amen. So, you know, it wasn't that David was trying to do anything other than the fact that he was being obedient. He was obeying his father. He, he was being obedient. He took care of those sheep on the backside of the desert. They gave him this dirty little job. He did the dirty little job. And he would come out to do the other little job of just delivering the bread and the cheese. And he, he was faced with an opportunity. See, in this coming year, some of you are going to be faced with opportunities. And if God has gifted you and you will use your gift, let me tell you something, you're going to be successful. Good place to say amen. Now, how do we handle the negative people in our lives? Let me just take the next 10 minutes. You know, there's four things that you need to do. There is a skill you have to learn if you're going to be a leader, if you're, going to, if you're going to move up in the ranks, if God's going to use you in a different way. You know, here's some things you need to remember. Number one, write this down. 
Remember, they are not God. Those negative people, those people that are saying whatever they're saying, they're not God. Everybody say they're not God. They may be good people, they may love you, but they're not God. They may be great people, but they're not God. So don't treat their opinion as it is God's opinion. See, I don't treat other people's opinion. When people say something to me, I, let me tell you something. I just, you know, I kind of have this thing of wisdom that says, you know, where does that fit on the balance scales here, you know? And, 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 and you know, you need to understand that. So, so you don't treat their opinion as God's opinion. And remember that they're not God. And, and, and the people who are negative in your life, they're always going to be here. Here's a scripture for you in your notes. The fear of human opinion disables, but trusting in God protects you from that. Let me just break that scripture down. Listen to this. Some of you are disabled right now and you don't know it because of something somebody said for you way back in life somewhere. Somebody said something. It's disabled you from doing something that you should be doing, but because somebody said something, you think you can't do that. I've given this illustration before. Let me give it again. Some of you might not have heard it. You say, you know, why does a several-ton elephant is staked down by a little stake? They stake him down, and he's there all day long. This big old elephant just there all day long in this one little confined area. Why is that? Why can't he just pull that stake up and, and, and go where he wants to go? He could if he, he could if he thought about it. But here's what's happened. When he was just a little tot, a little a little elephant, just a little baby elephant. They staked him down, and he, all day long he jerked and jerked and jerked and jerked and jerked at that stake. He could not get up. He could not get out. And because he was staked down, he was little, and the bigger that he got, he realized he couldn't get away. So when he began to be several tons, he, began, he could easily pull that out, but he's thinking in his mind, I can't get out. There's no sense in me even trying. See, some of us has been disabled a long time ago because of what somebody has said or somebody has done in your life. Come on, somebody. Somebody say amen to that. Amen. Disabled. <laughs> and that's your disability. The fear of human opinion disables you, but trusting in God protects you from that. I love that scripture. I love it. Today's English version says this, it, this way. It's dangerous to be concerned with what other people think of you. It's dangerous to be concerned with what other people think of you. What does other people think of you? What other people think of you is, is none of your business. Yeah, you know what? I, I just wouldn't give it uh, you know, much thought to what other people think. You need to be thinking about what God thinks about you. Can you say amen? You shouldn't care about what other people think. What does God think? So you get sidetracked from God's purpose in your life and what God wants to do in your life. Isaiah 8, 13, look at that. Do not fear anything except the Lord Almighty. Amen. That's where we need to be concerned. Number two, write this down. Don't get distracted. Don't get distracted by the negativity and the people who say that you can't be done or you can't do it this way. Now, a good illustration of this is a story of Nehemiah. Some of you remember Nehemiah, okay? God called him to rebuild the walls. He faced every kind of distraction you can imagine from within, from without. The enemy of his own people, they used rumors and ridicule and threats and they even said that, why was they doing all that? They just wanted to slow him down. But Nehemiah 6 says it this way, so I rebuilt, I replied to the enemies, I'm sorry, so I replied to the enemies by sending this message to them. I am doing a great work 
and I cannot stop and come down and meet you. See, the enemies was trying to distract him. Who's trying to distract you today from what God wants you to do? Somebody say amen. Number three, never attack back. We're almost finished. There's a couple more. Never attack back. Never, 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 ever attack back to negative people that's coming against you. Just leave it in God's hands. Don't be a smart mouth. Don't be sarcastic. Come on, somebody. Don't retaliate. How many of you know all of us have this in us that we have to work on that we want to retaliate? Amen. Well, you talk bad to me. You talk trash to me. I talk trash to you. Hello. You talk bad to me. I talk bad back. I talk bad just like you talk bad. You say this, I say that. Yeah, and you'll come down on their level. And yeah, you're going to be just like they are. I'm going to let my light shine. How about you? I'm not going to hide it under a bushel. I'm not going to go in the dark where they are. I'm going to let my light shine. Somebody say amen. So never attack back. Now here's a scripture for you. It is foolish to speak scornful to others. If you're smart, you will keep quiet. Mm. Doesn't the Bible, uh, Dan, say something about slow to speak, swift to hear? Ooh. Didn't God give you two ears and one mouth? Well, why are you talking so much? You know, I think some people, they did, of a morning, I think some people of a morning, they just wind them up. And they just go all day. Give us a break. Sometime, my brother, you just have to run from them, don't you? <laughs> it's like, I've had enough of that. Oop. I can't hear any more of that. First Peter 2.23, I think it's in your notes. When they hurled their insults at Jesus, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. Ooh, somebody say hallelujah. If there's ever a person that had it right, it was Jesus. I just love the way he do things. They try to put him in the quiet. You know, they try to they, 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 they try to get him in the corner. They try to say things that, that you know, you know, to get him stump him and, and things like that. Try to get him on the tax issue. He said, Let me see the coin. They they gave him the coin. He looks at the coin, takes a look at it, and he hands it back. He says, What a, wh whose inscription is on that? They said, Caesar. He said, Well, give to Caesar what's Caesar's. But give to God what's God's. Whoa. They just walked away. It's like, man, we ain't heard nothing like that before. See, what you need to be thinking about is, is, is here's, a, here's a point. 2016, let's be smarter than we was in 2015. How many of you know that would be a good idea? Let's think before we speak. Oh, you're being a smart aleck pastor. No, I'm just saying that this is a good idea. Last point in closing. Number four, stay focused on God 
and his promises. Folks, let's don't focus on the problems. Let's don't focus on the people. Let's don't focus on the negativity of people in your life. But let's stay focused on God and his promises in 2016. Let me give you a scripture. 1 Samuel 30 and 6. Listen real carefully. Bitter people spoke against David. And let me just say that. I, I could preach a sermon on that right there all day long. All, I could do a series on that right there. Bitter people spoke against David. Why are people speaking against you? It's probably because they got bitterness in their heart. And folks, I'll tell you what, bitterness will eat you up. It'll eat you alive. It'll have your lunch. Come on, somebody. And there's people that are bitter about whatever it may be. I don't, and they've been hurt and they're bitter. Bitter people spoke against David and talked of stoning him. Can you imagine that? They're going to stone him. This is their king. He was king at the time. His old men. His own men, they thought about taking him out. They was bitter. And, and, and they, you know, you look back at the situation, I don't want to get back into that. There's a reason for them being bitter. But, you know, notice what David did. But David, but David, everybody say, but David. Again, we're looking at the life of David. But David found strength in Fox News. <laughs> I don't have nothing against Fox News. I watch it too. David found strength in CNN. In the Lord. Don't think so. And you're not going to either. And I'll tell you what, you can just see, you can just see, you know, it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. You turn on Fox News and you're down. <laughs> now, I'm not coming against Fox News. I'm just saying it doesn't matter what channel you turn on. How many of you know negative news sales? Hello? When somebody's been negative, you don't go gossip about them to somebody else in the office or the shop, but you find your strength in the Lord. And Lord, I'm not sure what's going on here, and I'm not sure what's going on there, but I know what's going on there, and that's where I'm going to focus, on you. Lord, I know that you love me. I know that you have a plan for my life. And Lord, I know that I'm going to trust you. Look at Psalms 118.6. David says, the Lord is for me, so I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? People can dislike you, and it won't harm you. How many of you know, how many of you would agree that there's at least one person on earth that doesn't like you? Some of you will think about it in about 12.07, you're going to say, yeah, I know some others too. But it's you know what people's thoughts about you is not going to harm you. It's how you react to what they say to you. It's their words that they say that you react to. Lord, I'm giving this to you. I'm telling you how to sharpen your axe in 2016. I'm telling you how to sharpen your skills. I'm telling you how to be successful in 2016. And we're going to start it off right because here's, here, I believe the crust of the thing is right here. I believe it's right here. Oh, David says, the Lord is with me. David says, I banked on your promises in the vault of my heart. I banked on your promises in the vault of my heart. Now, in this world, you'll face negative people. Negative people will come for you. My question is, what are you going to do? 
when they come for you. Remember that little song, what you going to do when they come for you? Bad boy, bad boy. Negative people are going to come to you this year. And I say that to make us laugh, but how many of you agree? He was like, you know what? What he's saying is true. There's some truth in what he's saying. What you going to do when they come for you? <laughs> Did you get anything out of this today? Give the Lord a hand clap, would you?